And if you need a wrap up, do you want to do it? No, no, no I just wanted to I set can. you up. Okay. Oh, mm. <laughs> like, this should go at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the beginning of the show. No, ah! don't do that. Don't do that. You had plenty money, 1922. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where Freerise analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And I'm Mike. And our guests today are the hosts of the Equivalent Exchange podcast, the Full Metal Alchemist manga podcast. What is this, a crossover episode? Please welcome <laughs> to the show, Ellen, Kasem, and Kayla. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yay. <laughs> We're here. Welcome. It's us. Yeah, we just need some witty banter because we always like to begin the show, like, you know, with something like this. Oh, no, the secret is we take <laughs> the witty banter whenever it happens and put it at the front of the episode. But sometimes it happens at the beginning, just like this. <laughs> nope. So... <laughs> you never know. So we like to start things off by asking you three the question we always ask our brand new guests that is our first time guests how did you three get started with full metal alchemist Jason? high school i watched the 2003 anime it was around the time i was starting to get really into anime and i really enjoyed it and then i watched brotherhood and that was even better i thought then i watched it again <laughs> kind of again and now i'm reading it <laughs> kayla yeah like most people i caught a few episodes of the uh, 2003 anime when it was airing on uh, Adult Swim or whatever. Classic. I liked it well enough, but I was more of a manga reader at the time, so I went and sought out the manga and started reading that. And once I caught up, I read pretty much the whole release uh, month by month as it came out. Uh, I went back and watched the O3 anime at some point, and I was just kind of like, I don't want this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then I was really excited when Brotherhood came out, and it's been a little while since I watched it all the way through, but I enjoyed it a lot. Ellen? So I also watched maybe all of or a bit of the 2003 FMA anime, read a little bit of the manga, then completely forgot about it over the years. Not that it existed, but just forgot most of what happened. And then we started our podcast together, and I've been reading the manga ever since. and caught up to the content that's also in this episode that we're talking about today. Oh, so you're like me. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't you're know like what slowly... happens after this. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Ellen's yes. their Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me. I think I Mike. that Mike is our Ellen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Are, there must always be a Mike. There must always be a There's got to be one. Ellen. There's always a yeah. city. There's always a girl. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I didn't think I would ever hear a Bioshock Infinite reference again. <laughs> well, I feel like we all just collectively scrubbed that game out of existence. And here we are. This week's episode is The Promised Day, and it was directed by Ikuro Satu, who directed a couple of episodes, including One is All, All is One, Father Before the Grave, and His Fallen War of Extermination, so he knows a thing or two about truncating things from the manga. It was written by Mishihiro Tsushihiya, who wrote several episodes, including The First Homunculus and Family Portrait. Now it's time for us to do our improvised recap. This is the moment of the podcast where one of us will do a 21-second improvised recap, and that person will be chosen by the roll of a dice. If it lands on one, it's me. If it lands on two, it's Arthur. If it lands on three, it's Mike. If it lands on four, it's Kasem. If it lands on five, it's Kayla. If it lands on six, it's Alan. Mm. <laughs> All right, let's roll the dice. Oh, six. Oh, is it me? We'll see how this goes. Our, re our recaps are like an hour long. I'm ready. Three. Two, one, go. Greed and Wrath fight. Uh, then Greed quits the cult. Then Olivier Armstrong and Alex Armstrong fight. But maybe it was to move the family somewhere else. May makes it to use well, but then she turns around. Uh, Ed tries to find Al. Oh, but he goes to the house and then he meets Greedling instead. And then becomes his lackey. And then there's a long scene about passing the memo to everybody. 
That's it? That's it? Wow, that was really good. Wow. That was, really good. <laughs> that was probably the best anyone's ever done. My heart is beating so fast. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much air space between everything you were saying. It's really impressive. It's especially good if you listen to our usual recaps, which are like 30 minutes <laughs> to an hour. Well, welcome to Full Metal Analyst. We're here, we're like, we don't spend seven minutes talking about dogs but if we did you would listen to that on the patreon <laughs> go check that out our recaps yeah, are more yeah. of a mini drama retelling of the entire chapter oh that's fun <laughs> yeah there's acting page involved. by page i understand how this episode starts and the whole greed and fight and all that but i just want to you know move on to what i think is the biggest pressing issue with this episode which is how it ends. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that whenever Hiromaru Akawa wrote and drew that scene where they passed the message along, it was fun, it was exciting, and it was very entertaining. In this episode, it was boring as shit. <laughs> I liked it. Well, Arthur, in any other situation, I agree with you, but this time, you're wrong. So I can <laughs> The only thing I disagree with is the actual content of the message was extremely vague and like even seemed necessary to pass along. It's like, hey, be ready, something big is going to happen at a future time. It's like, no shit. <laughs> Any montage that goes, like, that shows you like 17 location titles, including <laughs> prison cell, which was not needed because we know what a prison cell is like. You don't need to tell us that Izumi's in a prison cell. In the manga, it's not that interesting either. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> it does just use like scene setting images rather than like title cards though, to transition you from place to place. There is something about the title card that makes it seem like more important than it needs to be. Like we know that Izumi's in the cell at Briggs. Like, right? We yeah. don't need to be told. We just we've seen that, it. That is true. And they give the note to like that dog that carried uh, what's her name's arm, and then they give it to <laughs> Black Hayate. <laughs> Not Hayate. We love Hayate. Oh wait, a different dog. <laughs> no, this is the random unnamed dog that carries. Oh, God, what's her name? Long Fan's Long Fan's arm. arm. Yeah. Oh. So it's like it's like a Labrador. Yeah. <laughs> we check back in that the arm is still attached to the dog. Yeah, it's still it's become a skeleton now. Wow, that is horrible. Yeah, I feel bad for that dog. I mean maybe it's good, you know, no dog's gonna mess with that dog. Be like, oh god. <laughs> They're like, what did he do? The dog is a badass. What did that guy there. do to you? <laughs> you ever heard that expression, bite the hand that feeds you? <laughs> Nice. This is what I did to the hand that didn't feed me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I bit the whole arm. Fork it over. <laughs> this should go at the beginning. Just do it. It's going to be a long beginning. I'm going to get one of these in there. I want to kind of give this as a challenge to myself, but I honestly think like that whole sequence could have been played silently, you know? You could have just put music over it and just shown each character go to each character. And I feel like if you can and you don't, it, like there's nothing to be added by having the scene take like four or five minutes yeah. to happen. You're just kind of wasting time. And there's something in this episode that could have used all that time that's being wasted. In fact, they, they it's so much that like they don't even finish it by the end of the episode. The credits are rolling. There's still more scenes of the <laughs> montage. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, the best part of the montage was him casually lighting on fire. Yeah, that was cool. That's fine. Keep that at the end and transition into the theme song. That was good. But then make it two seconds instead. Yeah. All right. I'm convinced, actually. Like, Michelle, you've convinced me. Yeah. I do kind of like the credits, like freeze frames of everyone preparing. Yeah. Okay. And the content of the note. Yeah. It was like something will happen on a certain day. But it <laughs> was also the new year, in the spring on the promised day. <laughs> uh, 
I guess. It's kind of like I a guess. haiku. But it's also the north and east will make their move. A couple of the sequences is nice. Um, Azumi attacking the Briggs soldiers. Right? I did enjoy um, that. It fits. And then Riza coming to the hospital to visit. That added at least a little bit. It was more interesting, at least, than Grumman sexually harassing Rebecca. Mm. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, man. It was okay. But yeah, it didn't need to be as long. I found out later that apparently there's a scene. So the scene with May, which is also something I didn't like, because May arrives in the city and all these people out of nowhere, this entire city has nothing better to do than to just pour out their hearts for this little girl. <laughs> so that's something the manga does better. Yeah, that has a manga explanation because May knows these people in the manga. Oh, Is that cut out of the anime? They cut the whole use well first trip oh. from the uh, anime. She saved the, uh, some people from the town and Mm-hmm. So that's why they're such a warm welcome. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because they're like, "Oh, May is back. Let's let's take care of her." Because she's like, she like saved people and stuff. So I thought it was weird that they didn't call her by name or anything when mm-hmm. I was watching it. <laughs> I was like, "What's up with that?" <laughs> they know you. The upside is they have Yoki angrily recap it, which mm, is funny. Right, right, but... <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what she meant by the first visit. Yeah, they don't have a use well episode where Ed goes there and does this whole thing. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, so so Yoki's whole recap. That was in the manga. That was used well. Mm-hmm. In order. Yeah, that was an entire chapter. Yeah, basically. that was chapter yeah. like three or four. It was an early one. Oh, okay. It does feel like an early adventure of like, not like, a, like they're still getting ready to do the main yeah, quest. Yeah, like, they're, oh, they go to Lior, <laughs> then they go to this other mm-hmm. town, and they're having adventures. Crushing corruption. Before they find out the ultimate corruption, they're like, that's <laughs> yeah. right. That's good, Warriors though. That's an irony. Justice. But you got to see it happen, and then he comes back, and you're like, hey, it's that guy. That jerk is back. <laughs> Yoki's back and you actually care about Yoki a little bit (laughs) oddly yes (laughs) so like if you hadn't had the giant ass montage you could have had maybe like a truncated version of May's first visit playing out now Mm -hmm. because in the episode it just comes across like she's getting so easily manipulated by envy it does seem like that like it's so obviously it's so right. such an obvious manipulation I like that though I think that's cool because the show has already taught us to fear small little evil things in flasks <laughs> you know and not to underestimate them and i don't know it's just one of those little examples of like something coming back like there's a message here like even when evil is toothless and small and contained in in, in our control you know it's still very dangerous to us you know mm-hmm. if we listen mm-hmm. to it it's always talking to us and mm-hmm. i think that's thematically that that works also just like to bring in quick segment here no, stop. Popular... Wait, wait, wait. but there's a difference but before you do that don't so <laughs> I, I gotta get this in before you do it because otherwise i'm gonna be destroyed forever uh, hurry up okay so that i don't know listen, listen. But, but like there's a difference between you know may sees these random people being nice to her and envy basically gives her the entire motivation for her to go back and tricks her mm. and it comes across as may being like a stupid kid there's a difference between that and May getting helped back by people she helped before, Envy being like, wow, they haven't forgotten about you. I wonder how long it'll take for you to forget about them when they're all dead and all something like that. One is she's being dumb and easily manipulated by Envy. And the other is Envy is just pushing her to the final conclusion, which is going to help her. One mm-hmm. makes her to be a dumb kid. The other is playing on her emotions in a really good way, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, do the super segment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everything in between, Panda Talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is Panda thing. Talk, the segment where we talk about the fucking panda. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, it's good to be back. You know, I was a little worried for a while that maybe Panda Talk was over, but I, I mean, I was told that he was gone. But you know, as we learned from Mortal Kombat, death is just another portal. <laughs> did somebody so, die? No. But, but we, we don't did know learn that. that. So, completely fine. unrelated. Sorry, it's completely unrelated. Death is a portal. But anyway. Shaomei didn't chomp anybody in this episode, which is no, my favorite. You know, moves, no, she really, so. really wanted to, though. She, she had the opportunity lady. to, but she didn't do it. <laughs> Restraint. Oh. Restraint. This shows the panda's character development right there. If that doesn't say character growth, I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something I would like to see, now that Envy is a tiny little Caterpie Envy, I would like to see Caterpie Envy versus the panda in a fight throwdown throwdown don't you see it it's all there Ooh. two uh -huh. harmless little baby creatures slugging it out for may so xiaomei is the angel on her shoulder and, and beats exactly. the devil that's on her shoulder that's exactly what like i'd it. like to see all right well that that's we should end panda talk we should just yeah we should uh <laughs> michelle someone told me that you've been speeding up the uh panda talk intro and outro music <laughs> nope this episode when Ling was like, did you send a message to Lan Fa? And I was like, bro, that was 20 episodes ago. Yeah. Like, but you haven't seen him since, really. Yeah, no, but no. That, was, that was cool because- It's like message? Because <laughs> Ling probably has a warped concept of time because he's been like subsumed oh, right. into greed this whole time. So for him, it's like, hey, did you send the message? And even Ed, this episode was like, what? What are you talking? Oh, oh, that, yeah, yeah, we did that. It was the first time that he was able to like, get through to get through greed you know right yeah, he's like sorry i've been hanging out in the screaming soul void all this time <laughs> yeah. yeah it's real weird down there he's got better things to do <laughs> exactly you know what i just realized is. we need to bring back a segment we need to bring back where in the world is lawn fun is not in this episode so that was the end of where in the world is lawn fun where in the world is lawn fun <laughs> you guys want to talk about the Armstrong battle. I think that's just kind of how the Armstrongs relate to each other, too, <laughs> by fighting. <laughs> Immediately, the father was like, fight your brother. Goodbye. <laughs> no questions asked. <laughs> Alex rips off his shirt and is like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's a little weird. We talked before about, like, Olivier lies in a way that is really consistent with her character. Like, she has an agenda, but she is also playing the part of the character that people expect from her, which is this cold kind of power-grabbing wall of briggs mm -hmm. and so like she is working through her existing character at least how people perceive her while pursuing like slightly nobler goals although i did feel very sad for poor alex <laughs> oh i felt bad for him <laughs> mm -hmm. but i think that she had a motive going there and the motive wasn't to just trounce her brother the motive was to get her family out of the mistress because she knows what's going down if she has a flaw it is that she doesn't trust her brother with the plan. Yeah. He actually would help her. Mm -hmm. I like Olivier to be in a situation where she has to do something horrible the way that Alex was in that situation. He couldn't do it and she won't be able to do it. 
And then she can say to him, like, you know, I was in the same situation and you did the right thing, you know, or something. You know what I mean? I relate to that being in that situation in some way. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that, like, she's not going to give that scene because she's already a general in the military. And that implies she has done at least 50% more war crimes than Armstrong <laughs> ever did. So uh. she does not have the scruples you're looking for. But yeah, I don't think there were actually any of them, like the Briggs people and the East troops. I don't think any of them were actually together on the battlefront. In All right, I'm I'm, and then I'm going to take down one more crime. <laughs> <laughs> one more crime. Unless her backstory is she conned her way into being a general and never actually did anything in the military. You, you're not going to convince me that she's not like... I think you're right. I just think that this is the story. This is not a story about whether or not it's okay to be in the military. It's like... This is a story where like these people existed in this world where this happened mm -hmm. and this is the decisions that they all made collectively, you know, and it was part of this grand conspiracy and it was a manipulation. But the truth was, it's a manipulation of things that are truly wrong with humanity that they're all sort of like grappling with. You know what I mean? Like who amongst us doesn't have the stink on us? Of, none of, of, but you none know... of us were created by Hiromura Kwa in a fictional world. That, that, that's <laughs> that argument doesn't work because all of this was created no, but, by a person. But I think what Mike's saying is that fictional works don't have the responsibility to make all of their characters morally perfect. That's it. <laughs> they do if their plots are about whether or not their characters are morally correct and how bad they feel about doing a thing that the show <laughs> believes was morally incorrect. I know, but then you got to have shows about characters who have done things that are bad that are not, you know, because it's if, like the reality want, is my, we contain multitudes, if wanna, man. If you want to bring politics into your show, <laughs> go all the way, you know, like go all the way. Don't give me balls this half-assed, <laughs> go balls deep. Don't give me this half-baked answer like, well, you know, it sure sucks I did this genocide, but I'm going to be fear. And when I'm fear, I'm going to put me and my friends on trial. Like, what? <laughs> I disagree with that guy. interpretation. I've been thinking about this a lot. People say that. I don't think their goal is to put themselves on trial. I think their goal is to create a world where that kind of situation won't happen again. And if that happens to result in them going on trial, that's not going to stop them from doing that. Yeah, like a, create like a United Nations. <laughs> then you can't be Fuhrer. <laughs> right, look. He wants to be the lead, but I don't think he wants to be Fuhrer. Yeah. He says he wants to be the Fuhrer. He only wants to be the Fuhrer so that he can step down. Like, yeah. yeah. He wants to be the leader so that he can abolish the concept of a Fuhrer. Like Chiang Kai-shek. He wants to restore the power of the parliament. And yeah. so once he's Fuhrer, that's essentially he what he's that. doing is, all right, I'm Fuhrer, peace out, I'm giving power back to the people. Yeah, it's such a like highly militarized society that there's not really any way to make changes without getting to the top of that militarized society. Uh, you, I think you do have good points. I think you're right about everything you're saying, but I also think that this story just is a little more gray, you know, it's a little more gray. Look at our little Ed, you know, like his, he's really changing. He's really growing up. Like I can't, I can't imagine an earlier version of Ed agreeing to be on anyone else's team for anything, you know, <laughs> but he's like, I thought that was really cool because he's like, Hey, you know, pride aside, I've got nothing better going on. I'll be part of your team. <laughs> Let's all take down the boss. Right. Who cool. doesn't want an immortal teammate? Just saying. <laughs> I do like how he just volunteers his Camara uh, buddies for it, though, too. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, best moment in the episode. I'm part gorilla. I'm part lion. <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's He's like, so cool. you guys are Camaras? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lion. <laughs> I'm greed. I want all the animals. Lions, gorillas. <laughs> he wants to rule the world. It's important. <laughs> Big cat, yeah. but I might be lying. <laughs> <laughs> Something I like about Greed is that he's on the outs again. And yeah. it makes you think that there's something about being Greed that makes you unable to work as a team and obey father. You know what I mean? Like, it's 
Like, it says something that this happened twice. Yeah. yeah. And he also, like, recovered his memories. That happened last time, mm-hmm. right? But... Mm-hmm. Yay! All my friends are dead! <laughs> <laughs> Michelle and my favorite characters. Uh, there's a... Dolcetto. The, the snake person. <laughs> it's amazing Martel? how it's been two weeks. Yeah, Martel, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, Martel. Okay, name all, name Bito, the four other. Dolcetto. Roa, Dolcetto, Martel, and Bido. And Bido. Okay, this is not fair. They've been reading. <laughs> they, they, so. they read it bad. Yeah, they stuck, it's stuck in their brains. But, like, even Arakawa's disposable characters always, they come back in something. Like, you think Yoki's going to be a one-off, and then he's, like, a constant running character. Bet if you give me, like, two minutes, I can think of one. Who never comes back? Wait, now I actually have to think of one. Um, yeah. All right. Hold on. Give me two minutes. <laughs> in the very first episode, isn't there like the the silver knuckle alchemist or something who was in the Ishval flashback? The waterbender guy. The waterbender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's water and blood. Oh, the iron blood alchemist. He gets name dropped early on in the manga as one of Scar's victims, and so it's kind of fun to see him come back as. Uh, it's that guy. Flashback. Yeah. <laughs> see, they all come back. This is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That could be a segment. <laughs> it's that guy. <laughs> It's yeah. <laughs> Do we have a shipping and handling this this one? You know, I don't know if we have a shipping and handling. Although I came up with a really good tagline this this week, but I I figured out I figured out a guy I figured out a character. <laughs> oh my god, you got a character! It's the auto mail mechanic at Briggs. He never comes back. I win. Oh, that guy. Mm, oh yeah. He treated Buccaneer, and then he talked to Winry when she showed up. Uh, At least in the manga, yeah. come back. He shows up. Give me in two more, more minutes. One. Give me two more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He's in like at least four chapters of the manga, so he must have been in more than one episode of the anime. <laughs> I wanted to know what the shipping and handling segment was. Oh, shipping and handling is where we find two people and we ship them. All right, guys, let's open up <laughs> shipping and handling. Well, I was just going to say, Win- or Ed still had Winry's uh, piercings. Like, he Aww. still had her, her earrings. And I was like, oh, yay. That's cute. That's cool. If you put on the right lens, Greed and Ed have a whole will they, won't they kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I was just 100%. about to say, I think there's potential for Greedling Ed. Greed uh-huh. Ed? Absolutely. Oh. No, all three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, weird. Right. Weird, but yes. <laughs> He's I figured it out. I figured it out. I figured it out. I, I figured okay. out a character that if it comes oh, back, that pregnant woman who Ed had to give. The delivery. Oh, you did it! She never you comes back. Him. That whole family never comes back. I think no, they might. No. If I'm not Wait, mistaken, do they come back? The baby is like a, a prophecy to be delivered by Ed <laughs> and Al or something. You know, the guy who gives Panina her automeo leg also never comes back. That's oh, too baby. <laughs> I forgot about Panina. Wait, she yeah, never I got comes one. back too. No, 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 Panina, we see again. Oh come on, this isn't fair. <laughs> This is a very common ship, but Hawkeye and, and Roy, like I, I like how they're kind of separated from each other, and he has to hide when she's there. And if you think about it, though, that actually made no sense because he was like, "We're under such constant surveillance, we can't be seen together." And it's like, well, if you're both being surveilled, then they both just saw you go into the same room. <laughs> <laughs> I think the implication is that people would like are surveilling the room as well. And so it's like, they didn't talk to each other, so. Okay, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they were all talking Wait, I just came up with the perfect answer to the question. Kompa, Kompa never comes back. Who? Who? I just made him up. I thought I wanted to. I a victory. I'm sorry. I wanted to win. Michelle needed to win. Okay, closing out to the handling, my cool new tagline, bonk if you're horny. This has been Shipping and Handling. <laughs> 
Mike and Ellen. Yes. Now it's time for you two to go out into the field and hold the bat, but not the same one as you go. <laughs> Mike and Ellen at the bat. All right. It should be the Yay. same bat. You should have them finish each other's sentences. <laughs> This is a segment where Mike, and in this case also Ellen, have to guess what happens in the next episode of the anime based solely on the title and the thumbnail. <laughs> Mike okay. and Ellen, can you please describe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, Looming Shadows? So Ed is pensively looking at his auto mail hand and his hair's in his face and he looks really cool. And there's like some pretty warm lighting. That's my interpretation if you want to add. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the shadows are definitely starting to loom. You know, like we're getting... They got to start preparing for yeah. the promise day, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're doing a good job. To no, say. no, no. You just got to say something. You know, I find okay. that sometimes you're just right if you're in, just sort of reach out inside. You know, I'm right all the time. You, you can ask these guys. No, he's not. But uh... <laughs> Ed doesn't have his coat on, which is suspicious. He must be somewhere. Right. Mm. Living shadows. Living shadows. Well, also, like, Pride is all shadowy, right? So maybe there's mm. going to be some, like, tunnel incident with people getting sliced. Like, they're going to go, like, get a, a crew together. Like, son of a bitch, I'm in. You know, that sort of a thing. <laughs> well, the shadows... <laughs> <laughs> Greedling, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Let's go. Let's take him down. You know, that sort of a thing. Meanwhile, Ooh. like, the Fuhrer is, like, doing a thing. Forces are strengthening. Things are looking bad. But, you know, our heroes are going to start talking to each other and communicating a little bit more precisely, and they're going to be ready for it when this thing goes down. Now that Mike has given his prediction, it's time for us to grade the episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm going to get things started by saying, honestly, apart from the latter half of the episode, that was like the only part I didn't like. I don't want to give it 2.5 because I think that's not being fair to the first half. So I'm going to give it like maybe 3.5. You know, I think I yeah. agree with you. It was 3.5. I think it was really solid. Not like the best ever, but it was really solid. But it really makes me excited for what comes ahead because I did remember that this coming arc of story is probably my second favorite after the beginning. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I have an enthusiastic three stars. One, two, three stars. It deserves it. It's good stuff. I liked it. I think standalone, it's kind of not amazing. Maybe like a 2.5 or 3. But I think it's sort of what it's setting up and it gets you kind of excited for what's to come. You know, it sets up a lot. So I think that it deserves probably a 3.5. I'm going to also go 3.5 because I think the first majority of it, it's just the last like whatever, five to ten minutes. It's pretty like meh. But the like fight with greed and wrath is cool. All the um, other buildup is good. So I'm going to go 3.5. Yeah, I'm going to join the crowd. I think 3.5 is a good rating for it. It's solid. Nothing mind-blowing, but uh, gets things moving and gets you excited for what's coming. This was a good one. Three stars. <laughs> That's a restaurant you'd go to. 3.5 stars? Yeah, I'd eat there. I'd try it. Yeah, I'd go. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, hey, it's... Yeah, like if it was close. I'd be like, <laughs> I was like add a star to like Yelp reviews because... Yeah. Because like angry, weird people... Vote, like, yeah, because you never know. Vote like, down. Yeah. 
There's always and that one. Generally review. satisfied people don't really vote. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's how this podcast works. I shit talk this show for an hour and then I'm like, best show ever. Five stars. <laughs> you can criticize something that you love. That's the point. <laughs> Absolutely. And you should. And also, honestly, if there's something you like that you can't find a single bad thing on, it's either Back to the Future or that thing doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because it shows that you've learned nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've reached the end of this week's episode of Full Metal Analysts. So I'd like to take this moment to thank our guests, Alan, Kaysen, and Kayla. Thank you so much for coming. It was a pleasure to have you all here. Yeah, it's it was fun, fun to be here. here. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun to argue. <laughs> it's always fun to argue. Like, that's why we provide. I actually agreed with all three of you. <laughs> it was fun to argue with Michelle. That's yeah. <laughs> He's fun to argue with. Yeah, he is actually. <laughs> Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Well, our podcast is uh, Equivalent Exchange, so you can find that on the oh, yeah, Spotify or whatever. Yeah, we have that. <laughs> <laughs> and Kayla and I also host a podcast about Fruits Basket, so if you're interested in the anime or the manga Fruits Basket, you can listen to our podcast, Let's Stay Together. I don't have any other things to plug, though. That's it. You host a podcast about Fruits Basket? Correct. Mm -hmm. When you're having an episode of Bananas. Huh? <laughs> what? No. Just, it's a Fruits Basket. Oh, I didn't basket, hear your bad joke. I... I'm sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> bad joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where can we follow your podcast or you? At Pod is our Twitter for Equivalent Exchange. I think at Stay Together Podcast is the Twitter handle for Let's Stay Together. You can find them on like, you know, use the Google. It's fine. It'll it'll get you there. Mm -hmm. And before you go, can all three of you please do your best full metal alchemist, just like the Justicials. <laughs> full metal alchemist. Full metal alchemist. Full metal alchemist. And if you want to be king of the world instead of just king of a country, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com slash FM, the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram, at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you'll receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. That'll be all for now. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>